Welcome to the Sexy Selfish Podcast Series. I'm your host, Shona Gates. I'm a women's life coach, success strategist, and a self-proclaimed badass. And I'm here to help you rediscover your authentic self, stop delaying your happiness, and step into your truth. This podcast has been created to connect, inspire, and nurture mums who want more. Are you ready? Hi guys, and welcome to today's episode of the podcast. Today, I want to talk about my hourly rate, which I know is a little bit of a weird podcast topic, but we it's the money mindset topic. It's a money manifestation, women in business podcast, motherhood, all that type of stuff. And I've just been chatting about with this with some friends and some family recently. And, you know, even with my kids, and I thought this would make a really fun little podcast episode because it's coming up in conversation a lot. And that is never a bad thing when we're talking about open conversations around money. So something, my hourly rate is not something I hide. It's not something I don't share about. It's obviously not in like every email I send out because it's not relevant to a lot of the people I'm working with. They're purchasing courses. They're purchasing bundles or programs or online digital assets, which really don't relate to an hourly rate of working with me. But I kind of want to share how the evolution of my hourly rate over the last 15 years of working life kind of progressed because it is quite an interesting journey. And I think it taught me a lot along the way about how to leverage my time. So when I first started, my first ever job was teaching swimming lessons. In the summer holidays at Vaxham, we have a shack on the York Peninsula here in South Australia. And we grew up there spending every summer there, like the full summer, the full six weeks. And part of that six weeks was doing back swim, which here in Australia is like a vacation. I think that's why it's called back swim, vacation, holiday, swimming lesson. And back in the old days, back in the old days, oh my God, how old am I? Fuck. Back when I was a child, it was like a two week course. I think they do it now over like just four or five days at at the pool or at the beach or whatever. But back then it was like a full two week thing. It was quite big. It always felt really big in the school holidays. I met some great people through it and eventually ended up teaching the swimming classes. I did the course. I volunteered, you know, did all my volunteer hours. I actually volunteered, I think, for two years before I was paid, which is one of those stupid things that my parents taught me that I kind of look back on. I'm like, then no wonder I won't, I wouldn't be the last person to put my hand up to volunteer for anything at my kids' school because I've literally got so much trauma around giving away so much of my life and time spent volunteering as a child that didn't make me have an appreciation for it, just made me really resentful for it. But anyway, I think I was about 15, 16 when I started actually getting paid for it. I did the courses. I think I was getting paid like $14 an hour or something. I honestly don't really know because it all went into an account. I never touched any of it. It was future car savings. So I earned all this money over a couple of school holidays. And then once I had my P plates, I was able to go and buy a car, which was cool. So I'm not exactly sure on my hourly rate, but I think it was around, you know, $13, $14 an hour. When I was about 17, I went to work experience 
at my mum's job. I think it was like a Friday and because my sister and I were in different year levels or something happened, she, she still had to go to school. Maybe it was a pupil free day, but she had organized to go to a friend's house and I hadn't. And I think my mum just kind of said to me, she's like, oh, do you want to come and work with me? Like I've got a spare work shirt and you can just like tidy up and do some filing and whatever. I think I was bored and grumpy. So I was like, oh, fine, whatever. And I went and volunteered that day once again and I worked there and then the manager was super impressed with me. And so I did a couple more Saturdays like that or some Thursday nights after school. I think I was in year 12. And yeah, she ended up offering me a job. And so when I left year 12, I pretty much straight away began working full time. Back then I was making, I think, what been $18, an hour. Um, and that was without any qualifications or anything. I was literally out of high school. And then I went on to become qualified. So the company put me through university. I did um, my certificate for in optical dispensing. Now this is a certificate that you basically had to do to be able to sell glasses and understand how it is. And I know like this is like, we're talking like 10 years later now, if you can walk into any spec savers and literally any girl can go work at spec savers because they've got all these systems. Everything's like done in a super structured warehouse style way that it doesn't require the cert for in optical dispensing because you don't need to know how to cut lenses and how the physics of the lens works and how to make glasses. Whereas back when I started, we made glasses in the back section of the shop. You know, we did a higher level of, it wasn't just retail. And I was really happy with that. I really enjoyed it. I connected with it. I understood it really well. They put me through university to get this cert for in optical dispensing. And then I actually ended up managing a store. So I was 19 managing a store. I think I was taking about home $900 a week on a salary. So my wage, I think hourly rate was about $22. Right. And so I sat down and been managing this store for about a year And I sat down with the like regional manager and said, what's the next step? Like, I'm ready for the next step. I'm, I'm fucking bored. (laughs) Okay. I'm so bored. Um, I'm ready for the next step. Like all my KPIs are good. Everything's good. I'm, I'm just really bored. And they're like, Shani, you're 19. There's no next step for you. You're already managing the store. You have to be 35 before you can go from like a junior to a senior pay rate. The only other option for you would to be quit the company completely and then go and try and get a job as like a contact lens rep and do sales. And I'm like, well, that's not going to let me do any of the actual like making or any of the physics and the calculations and stuff that I was actually enjoying doing, like the lab side of things I really loved. And also the managing people side of stuff I really loved. So I was making like $22 an hour. There was no pay rise in the future for me. Absolutely nothing. I had to wait another like... 15 years to get a pay raise. So when I got pregnant at 19 and found out I was going to have a baby, I was like, okay, what's, what's next? And so Eric was about four months old. I did go back to work. I did some casual shifts. It just really wasn't working out for us back then. Aaron's, my husband's work was so unstable. We didn't have a lot of support to look after Eric. It's not like I had a babysitter. So I was always waiting for Aaron to get home to look after Eric for then me to go to work. And we figured out like after the travel, cause it wasn't close to where we lived back then. And there wasn't an expressway like there is today. It was a little bit different. So we basically did all the maths and realized it wasn't really working out. So after about six, I think Eric was about nine or 10 months old when I said to them, you know, don't schedule me for any more shifts. This isn't really working. It was about a year 
after that. So I kind of had this break in between where I was blogging and I was doing a few different things and um, I wasn't like working for anyone else, but we were still able to keep things going. I can't even believe, like I literally look back and be like, what did I do for that year? Like, what the fuck did I do for that year? I just had this baby and that was it. And then I got pregnant. Like (laughs) again, it was just like, what the fuck did I do for that? I was just a mum. I was just a mum. And isn't it crazy that nine years later, I cannot even fathom what my day looked like when I was just a mum. Like I used to mop my floors twice a day. It was insane. Anyway, so about 12 months after I stopped work, I had some really bad spray tan experiences. Really bad. Like I'd gone to eight different spray tanners, I reckon over about six months. And I just had this horrific experience after horrific experience after horrific experience. And I liked being brown. I always loved being tan. And then I would go to one salon and they wouldn't use the right base solution for my skin. And then I'd go to the next salon and they wouldn't use like protective like cream on my elbows and knees and hands and stuff. So I'd end up with these dark patches. And so just everywhere I kept going, they weren't doing it like to the quality that I wanted. And so eventually I just got really frustrated and said, fuck you guys. <laughs> I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it really well. And I'm going to do it with everything the barrier cream, the sticky feet, the hair nets, the, the spray tan fan extraction, all the things. I'm going to do all the things because I want a proper spray tan. And I know I can't be the only one out there getting frustrated with this. So I started a spray tanning company. And this is when the transition I started to realize, because if I went back to work at the optometry like store that I was working for, the company, my hourly rate was $22 an hour and it was not going to increase. And there was nothing I could do to increase it, right? Even when, if I hit all my KPIs, even if I made the company $52,000 a week, my average sales for a day was way higher than anyone else's. And do you think I received a cent extra? There was no Christmas bonus. There was, um, you know, a plaque. And my mum worked for this company for like 35 years and she got a plaque at a hundred dollar visa card at the end of it. Like, what the fuck? $22 an hour. When I started spray tanning, I did the maths and I knew that, you know, doing a spray tan cost me this much in products. And this is how much, exactly how much it costs to do a spray tan. And this is how much I charge. There was a $25 gap there that was my profit. And I realized after a few, you know, months of practicing how many spray tans I could fit in an hour. And the answer is four. So I went from making $22 an hour to $100 an hour with my spray tanning company. The difference being, of course, that you don't spray tan 40 hours a week, but I was able to fit in spray tanning that was flexible with my lifestyle. And this was as I was pregnant. This was as Eric got diagnosed with autism and we started implementing therapies. And I started, I was fitting in more and more clients. And and some weeks I would have 15 or so spray tan bookings. I think my biggest ever week was 30. And that was back when music festivals used to be a thing. I think it was like a sound wave or a summer days festival or something. And I had like 30 local girls in for spray tans for this music festival. It was insane. But so I was able to go from earning $22 an hour to $100 spray tanning really easy. Of course, that's without the overhead of a rent of a studio. I was able to do this from my house. This was back before the days of Facebook ads or anything. I just purely relied on referrals. I had a Facebook page. I I never had a website up until about six months before I closed my business. And I never had an online booking system up until like the last two years 
of my spray tanning company. So I was really grassroots level, but I took my income from $22 an hour at my old job to $100 an hour with spray tanning. And then came along working with a network marketing company, a health and nutrition company. And this kind of blew me out the water because I was having this day and I had, I think I had three spray tans booked in and I wasn't doing the business side of this, you know, nutrition company. I just lost some weight and I felt really good. And so I put a selfie up on social media and I had all these people contact me wanting to purchase it. And I, you know, sent that to the woman who sold it to me. And she's like, no, no, you can just order it for them. Just go onto your account and you just order it the way you order your products. You just order it for them and get them to transfer you the like recommended retail price. And so in between these three spray tans I had for the day, I think I made like $430 as a rep for these products. And that I kind of called my husband. I was like, you're not going to fucking believe this. <laughs> I have just made all this money and I from like literally just texting people and they've texted me and I've organized products to be sent to them. That kind of like unlocked a whole nother level of my awareness with money. And so my spray tanning business continued to tick along in the background. And I went from making, you know, a couple of hundred dollars a week with this marketing company to like having five to $7,000 months, you know, cause then you add in, you're getting wholesale, just, you know, wholesales and then you're getting royalties and then you're getting bonuses and, and all this other stuff. Right. Long story short, because there's a whole podcast on this and there's a whole YouTube on this if you want to know more about that. I left the network marketing company. It was not like ethically aligned to me and my values anymore. I took a huge financial hit, but I'd already started Sexy Selfish. I still had my spray tanning company. I still had multiple streams of income. So even though we took a big financial hit, we were okay. And in that point, Sexy Selfish began to really, really grow. Now, my hourly rate through Sexy Selfish has changed over the years. It has. When I first started, I was all like high ticket sales. And I think my hourly rate was something like $300, right? My hourly rate looks a lot more along the lines of about $222 now. That's for design work. Um, some of my coaching is a little bit more because it is coaching versus designing versus consulting work are completely different energy levels. Coaching requires so much more from me. Like there's only a certain amount of coaching hours I can do during a day. It's, it's very limited because it's such an energy drain on me. Whereas writing an email funnel for a client requires zero energetic exchange. I can smash that out as an introvert and it's totally fine. So that rate's a little bit different. But as a general rule, let's just say like the mid-level for me, $222 an hour is now my hourly rate. So you can see I went from $14 in my first job, $22 working full-time an hour to $100 running a spray tanning business with, I guess, limited potential on how much I could earn being to the rural country area that I was in to now $222. And the only way I'm capped now on my income is just available hours during my week. So I have about 15 to 20 hours that I can do of design work, of consulting work. I can really only realistically take on three or four coaching spots a week just to, due to the energy drain for me because I give everything on those coaching calls. I, like everything of me is poured out. So <laughs> that can be quite draining. But in terms of like my income now is dramatically higher. And so I had this moment with my husband in the car last night and we were driving. We'd just gone and picked up the kids from Osh because they go to Osh on a Thursday, uh, Tuesday after school. And then I went to pick up the two-year-old from daycare. 
And we were driving home and I just kind of said to my husband, I'm like, you know what? I just want to win the lottery and just pay off our mortgage. Like, I just want to, I just don't want to have the mortgage anymore. Like, it's such a dick. We can afford it. It's not like a big deal. I'm glad about our house. I don't have this like issue with debt, but I'm just like, man, like that extra money every week would be so cool. And he's just kind of like, you know, the fast and furious drive and stare, which is totally not safe. And I absolutely don't condone, but it's still hot as fuck when he does it. The kids are on the back and he just kind of turns and stares at me really intensely. (laughs) And he's like, Shona, it's three hours a week. It is three hours of your entire week that pays the mortgage. Like book three more hours of work. It's not hard. And there you go. It's done. That's the mortgage done. I was like, oh my God, don't come at me with your man logic that just makes so much fucking sense. Like, oh, it drives me nuts when he does that. He just cuts right through the bullshit, like rips out my soul and makes me look at it. (laughs) Makes me see how stupid I'm being. And I was just like, dude, I love you. I love you. Thank you so much for saying that. But at the same time, I'm like, you fucking dick. You you couldn't just let me just feel some emotional, fluffy woman bullshit. You had to come in with straight up calculated logic that makes exact sense. And yeah, that's the reality. If I go and work two or three extra hours a week, mortgage paid, done. Whereas my husband to make that amount of money has to work like three fucking days, right? Our hourly rates are very different. And people ask me a lot, you know, how does your husband feel about you making so much money? He does not care. There is, he is so secure in his masculinity that he has no issues with it whatsoever. He's like, go on, baby, make 300 grand a year, retire me. I'll do the playgroup run. He's totally ready for that. He's ready for stay at home dad life. He's done it before during different periods of our life. He's ready for it. He does not feel threatened one bit, but yes, the kids are kind of like saying, you know, why is dad picking us up a little bit more? And um, why is dad taking some days off so that you can work? And it's like, well, honey, cause mommy just makes a lot more money than daddy does. Daddy makes about $40 an hour. Mommy makes about $200 an hour. It's very different scenarios and we just have to weigh it up and know our numbers. We were even talking last night, how I'm really struggling to find time to actually go and do the food shopping. And often by the time I'm like sitting down on a Monday going, okay, you know, I'll do a Coles order. So it will arrive on Thursday or Friday. And I go on and all the time slots are already booked out. Like we live in the country. So there's not as many delivery hours as I guess you would have in the city. And even if I was to do a click and collect, I still have to do an hour round trip to go and grab it, which I know it's my choice to live out here. Right. So we were even talking last night and he's like, so why, if it takes you like an hour and a half to do the food shopping, or even a click and collect takes you an hour or getting deliveries. They don't come for like four or five days. So you've got to go to the shops in between anyway and waste time. And he's like, on all the stress it causes you. Yes, we've done meal prep. Yes, we've done HelloFresh. Sometimes we order vintage chef meals for our family whenever we have really busy weeks. He's like, why don't you just see if there's someone locally who you can pay to do your food shopping? And I was like, what? (laughs) And he's like, yeah, just see if there's someone, you know, like a pea plater who's got their license and is comfortable driving and doing the shopping and you write a list for them, a detailed list, and then you pay them like 40 bucks to go and do your food shopping, give them your card and they can come here and unpack everything while you work. Cause you know, you know, that might take them an hour and a half, but in an hour and a half, they'll make 300 bucks. So 
he just comes out with this like straight logic. And it's because I've talked about, I talk about numbers every day. And because I've gone through all the spreadsheets, because he knows exactly how much I earn and exactly how much earning potential I have. And he, he knows the figures on exactly how much he earns an hour, how much he could earn an hour and how much he has the potential to work a week. Like we are constantly tweaking our spreadsheets, constantly tweaking our budgets. So he knows when you have that calculation, you know, an hour of your time's worth $222. It makes the rest of the decisions really easy. And the thing is, I know like some of you might be listening to this right now and you're like, fuck, dude, I only get paid $17 an hour at this job I'm doing. Or maybe it's I get paid $60 an hour and that's really good and I'm really happy with that. And some of you might be thinking, how do I make more money? And like, I would love to answer that for you, but that's more of a conversation that we've got to happen, have specific to your niche, your industry, your experience, your goals and what your vision for your life looks like. But I just wanted to share, that's what this podcast is really about. I wanted to share the evolution of my hourly rate and how powerful that is. I think feel like that's one of the biggest lessons my husband is insistent on teaching our kids. Eric's on last night looking at downhill mountain bikes which if anyone knows are super not cheap. (laughs) This is like one of those kids activities that like is 11, 12 grand a year to be a part of. I thought cheerleading was expensive as an extracurricular hobby. It, you know, basketball that Eric plays is so cheap compared to downhill motor, like motor, what do you call it? Not motorbike, downhill bike racing. Like it's insane. And he starts looking at this and he's like, oh, I've only got a hundred bucks. How do I get a $2,000 bike? And my husband's like, well, figure out how to turn that a hundred bucks into 200 bucks. And then to turn 200 into 400, then 400 into 800, like figure out how to double, take a dollar, figure out how to turn it into $2 and then go from there. So that's kind of what happened with my wages. I went from 14 to 22 to a hundred dollars an hour to $220 an hour. And I don't know where it's going to be in five years' time. $220 an hour is, is like my really comfortable place. I love it. It doesn't feel like too much. And it doesn't feel like I'm being taken advantage of for the work that I do do. Because I'm very passionate about my work and I work quickly. That's one of those ADHD crazy benefits is I've trained myself to work fast. <laughs> I work very fast. So sometimes someone else might be charging $40 an hour for a project, but they take eight hours to do it. I might be charging 222, but I take three hours, you know, so it's, it's a different dynamic, isn't it? Anyway, have a look at your hourly rate. How can you increase that? Is it more productivity? Is it, you know, I've even read stories um, recently of someone that we knew who worked one job and he was, went remote during COVID and he's like, you know what, now that I'm remote, my workload for the week is only taking about 20 hours. I don't have to sit in an office for 40 hours and procrastinate with the rest of it. Like it's done in 20 and my boss is happy with that. They're happy with how much they pay me. I'll go get another job for 20 hours a week. (laughs) Doubled his income. Doubled his income. Um, When the companies both found out about it, they'll be like, oh, you can't do that. And he's like, well, can't I? My work's getting done. You're happy with my work. Everything's going well. What's the big deal, right? So... Anyway, that's today's little podcast topic. I want to share that with you openly and vulnerably. I know some people hearing my hourly rate, they think that's too cheap. I get told that quite often. But there's some people at a different stage in life and a different stage in business and whatever they're in where they're going to hear that hourly rate and be like, what the fuck? 
But trust me, I have the experience to back up that right. And if you're feeling a little bit triggered by it, I would encourage you to dive a little deeper into that. Where is that coming from? What beliefs and thoughts and emotions are popping up for you when I share my hourly rate and that progression through my hourly rate? And dive a little bit deeper into that. And then, of course, reach out and let me know what you think. Anyway, that's today's podcast episode, guys. I hope you have an amazing day and I will see you Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mums Manifesting Wealth podcast series by Shoni Gates and Team Sexy Selfish. Please leave a like, comment, review and share. And don't forget to subscribe. The more you share, the more people we can impact and the more awesome free content I can create for you all. If you're wondering where to go next or have some feedback for this episode, you can hit me up on Instagram at sexy underscore selfish or visit our website www.sexyselfish.com. We've got heaps of freebies there for you guys to check out as well. Thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing day.